Welcome to the You Love and You Learn podcast, the place to learn about all things love, relationships, relationship anxiety, and to deconstruct the one-size-fits-all narrative of what it means to be in a happy relationship. I'm your host, Sarah Yudkin, a relationship anxiety coach who's on a mission to discuss the nuances of love and relationships that I wish someone would have shared with me years ago. My goal with each episode is for you to leave with an expanded definition of love and relationships and with practices to carry with you in your life and relationships on a day-to-day basis. I'm so grateful to have you here. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. So happy to be here with you today. I am recording from a different location than I'm used to. So I'm really hoping that the sound quality is on par with what you're used to hearing from me during the move and transitional time that me and Nader and we still don't have an apartment, a home base yet. So I'm staying with my mom and recording from her place. So I'm just going to roll with it. You know, we got to be flexible and do what we got to do. But I'm really, again, hoping that this sound quality is going to be clear and that there's not too much background noise. So with all of that said, by the time this episode is out, I am so excited to share that another cohort of Beyond the Doubts will be enrolling. So the next cohort of Beyond the Doubts group coaching program is going to begin Tuesday, October 17th, and it will run through mid-December, which will mean it ends before the holiday season. So if you are craving a supportive group of women to be alongside you as you navigate moments of relationship anxiety, as you gain more clarity about your relationship and partner, and as you learn to trust yourself, Beyond the Doubts is perfect for you. And we are now just over the halfway mark of the current cohort that started in August. It is such a wonderful experience. I've really loved coaching these women and seeing all of their progress and their insights. And I just want to share a little bit about what the current cohort is enjoying about this group. They just submitted feedback in their Midway survey, and there's a couple common themes coming up. One is that they're really learning how to put things into practice, not just having information, but actually doing something with it. So one of the women shared that she has learned, read, and listened to so much already around the topic of relationship anxiety, but she's never been able to really put into practice and communicate with like-minded people about it in such a direct and personal way, which has really helped her progress. And she's shared that every time that I, as the coach, answer a question or give information to the whole group, there's always something she can take away from it. And it doesn't matter if it was meant for her or not, which is so, so important. That's a big part of why I have this group to actually help you take action on your relationship anxiety. And then of course, another big theme that the current cohort is enjoying. And the reason I created this group in the first place is being in a space with like-minded people who are going through similar experiences. And one member shared that this course and group have given her a community of women who understand her experiences and share the same moments as she does. The love that comes from this group is sincere and powerful, and she's so appreciative of everyone in it. Another member shared that coming into this, she was really struggling with relationship OCD, but the work that we've done as a group has helped influence her thought patterns, and she can enjoy her relationship so much more. So if you are ready to learn how to regulate moments of anxiety, de-escalate moments of anxiety that come up, and recognize the patterns that are contributing to you feeling anxious in your relationship, the link in the description to join Beyond the Doubts will be there. 
There are a couple different payment plan options. You can pay one payment or you can split it up into monthly payments. So really hoping that if this is something that you've been interested in, that you will consider joining us. I am so excited for this next cohort. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM or just send me a message really asking about the group. You should hopefully know where to find me if you are connected with me on social media at You Love and You Learn. Um, So definitely reach out if you are having any questions about that. All right, now let's get into to today's topic. And this was actually inspired by a question from someone in the You Love and You Learn community. I love getting to connect with you in this way by helping answer questions that are brought forward from those in the You Love and You Learn community. And just for the record, I consider anybody who listens to this podcast, who follows me on any sort of social media channel or on my email list, anything like that, you are part of the You Love and You Learn community. So there's nothing you have to do to actually be in the community other than just be in this virtual space with me and being someone who resonates with the work that I share. And I can't thank you enough for listening and being here. So the question that came up from this You Love and You Learn community member was, hello, you've mentioned something along the lines of choosing to be all in and not one foot in and one foot out in your relationship. I find myself feeling one foot out, but I'm not sure what to do to feel two feet in. Do you have any blogs or resources discussing what it means to be two feet in. I say it in my head, but then I'm not sure I'm choosing so in my actions. And it's really, really important the way that this question was worded because it's interesting, just right from the bat, I'll say something that she shares. I find myself feeling one foot out, which is really important. We're talking more about feelings here later in the episode. But she also says, then I'm not sure I'm choosing to be all in in my actions. And I think that this discrepancy of comparing feeling versus action is going to be a big theme in this episode. So I wanted to mention that right off the bat. So to set the stage for the rest of this conversation, I think it's important to share a belief of mine that has really helped me show up in my relationships more fully, more two feet in, so to speak, or more all in. And it has to do with this notion of feeling love. I used to think that love was only a feeling. So I either felt in love or not in love. I either felt love or I didn't feel love. I either felt all in and I felt confident or I didn't. And personally, as I've gotten to know myself much better over these last few years, I realized that this was very limiting for me, this belief that I had to feel love all the time. Because if there was a moment that I was not feeling loving or I was not feeling quote, quote, in love, which I address, I think, in podcast episode number 17 about the difference between love and in love. But I thought that it meant that something was wrong. I thought that it meant that something was either wrong with me, like why am I not feeling loving right now? I should feel more loving and kind and open all the time. Or I thought that it meant something was wrong with the relationship with me and Nate. Like, well, if I felt more loving, it must mean then I was with the right person. And if I'm not feeling loving or in love right now, then it's probably because I'm not with the right person. And furthermore, I also thought that it meant that I could not act loving towards Nate unless I was feeling 
loving. So if you think about this, and this is a no judgment statement here um, towards myself or to anyone listening, but if you think about it, it's a very conditional way to love if you only give it when you feel like it or when we think someone deserves love or is like worthy of that love in that moment. And again, it's not meant to say with any sort of judgment, I do this all the time unintentionally, but it's just meant to get you thinking of, okay, do I want to be the type of person that only acts loving when I'm feeling loving? It doesn't necessarily, when you hear it said that way, it doesn't necessarily sound like a way that you want to show up in the world. You would ideally want to act loving, act kind, act generous, no matter how you're feeling. Now, this doesn't mean without any sort of boundaries or guidelines or rules, but giving love not just because someone else has given it to you or because you feel like it, but giving love because you are the type of person that acts in loving ways, right? So in the last three to four years, as I've been on this journey to learn about love, hence the name You Love and You Learn, and as I have been sharing what I've been learning along the way, I think have really discovered many different definitions of love that have helped me a lot and they've felt much more helpful than the notion of I have to feel loving all the time in order to be in love or in order to have a relationship filled with love. So these definitions resonate a lot more with me than what I used to think and feel free to listen openly and see if these resonate with you as well. So I have this flag, my brother gave it to me for the holidays one year and it says love is a practice and it's a flag that more Morgan Harper Nichols designed. I absolutely love it. It's such a simple statement, but love is a practice. Like how empowering is that, that we always get a chance to keep practicing being loving and receiving love. Uh, It's just such a beautiful notion to me. And what I love about it is that practice is an action. It's a verb, not necessarily just like a thing that's there or it's not. It's an action-based statement. And so I think that's kind of the next definition of love that I've really adopted is that love is not just a feeling. Of course, there can be feelings of love, but love is also a verb and an action-based thing so that it feels more in our control. It's not just something that we're passively waiting to either have or receive, but you can actually choose to act in loving ways at any moment. So the Gottman Institute, which is one of my favorite resources for relationships, they've studied relationships for over 40 years and studied a lot of people. And they have a beautiful quote that says, love is a big, vague concept. So what does it look like? How do you know that you and your partner love each other? Perhaps we should interpret love as a flowing process, as a commitment to daily action rather than something that's present or not present. Love is maintained incrementally. Instead of asking whether there is love or trying to quantify it, it might be easier to ask yourself, how can I show my partner that I love them today? Or how is my partner showing their love for me today? And These questions are so beautiful, not from an analytical place or a judgmental place, but from a place of curiosity and openness. It opens the possibilities of how can I show my partner that I love them today in big or small ways? Um, And just noticing how is my partner showing their love for me today, even if maybe there's certain expectations around how love should be given or received, maybe there's other ways that your partner is showing their love for you that you haven't quite noticed because you've been looking for a certain exact way. And then a couple other other quotes here that have helped me redefine what love is. And these come from M. Scott Peck, who wrote the book, um, The Road Less Traveled. So this first one is, he says, love is an act of will, namely both an intention and an action. 
Will also implies choice. We do not have to love. We choose to love. And I really love this piece of choosing to love. I think that's so beautiful. Of course, we never have to. We make a choice. And that choice is not just something that we make once. It's a daily choice. The next quote of his is, when we love someone, our love becomes demonstrable or real only through our exertion, through the fact that for that someone or for ourself, we take an extra step or walk an extra mile. Love is not effortless. To the contrary, love is effortful. And I love this last statement here. Love is not effortless. Love is effortful. Because again, it reinforces that notion of love being kind of an action, a verb, a practice, something that we keep showing up and doing versus something that's just kind of one and done and there and then gone. So the reason that I'm bringing this into the conversation is because I think it really addresses this question of how to make a choice to be all in and how to act in loving ways and kind of like reinforce that you are two feet in or all in in your relationship through loving actions. Because when we think of love or when we think of commitment as a verb, as a choice, as an intentional action, not only a feeling, it opens up so much more possibilities because we don't necessarily have control over our feelings or our thoughts. They come and go like waves or like clouds. They, you know, you can have a random thought pop up or you can have a feeling pop up and you're not even quite sure exactly what is the result of the feeling or why it's there. And if we're only basing our life off of every single thought or feeling that we have, it's going to be this big up and down where we're kind of just only listening to all of our feelings, all of our thoughts every day. And those can sometimes feel like they're just kind of coming up out of nowhere. That doesn't mean that we just completely ignore all of those things, but we can create a little bit of space from our feelings or thoughts as being the only thing that we listen to, take a pause and just just allow ourselves to be present without automatically reacting to every single thought or feeling that comes up. So instead of only living based on our feelings or our thoughts, we have a choice to kind of shift into something that is a little bit more in our control, which are two things. What is in our control is what we believe. So kind of the, the thoughts that we choose to believe about the world, the beliefs that we reinforce, what we're focusing on. And then the second thing that we do have control over is the actions that we take. And so that is what I really want to make sure I'm bringing into this conversation. I already addressed the first part of what's in our control, which is our beliefs. So if anything I just shared with you about love and about being all in and about being committed to a relationship resonates with you, then just consider taking on and adopting some of those new beliefs around love. And it may take some practice. As I said, love is a practice. It may take practice to reinforce these new beliefs about what it means to be loving. But I think it's such an important practice to take an inventory of our beliefs around love or relationships and make sure that those beliefs feel like they're helping us versus making us feel like we are helpless. So I already addressed the first piece of what's in our control here, which is how we believe or how we think about the situation at hand. And what I mean by think is like how we bring our focus back to what we do believe is true for this situation. The second piece that we have control over is how 
we act, the actions that we take. And so that's what I'm going to get into in a second. So as we move into the question that was kind of originally posed, which is like, I'm not sure what to do to feel two feet in and kind of addressing the question of what does it mean to be two feet in? I want to start off with the opposite question or kind of posing the question of what doesn't it mean to be two feet in? And some things that came to mind as I asked myself that question was being two feet in does not mean you have guarantees that things are going to work out. That's not necessarily the only reason that we are two feet into something because we can't control the future, right? So being two feet in does not mean that you're going to have certainty over how the future will look. And I think that's a hang up for a lot of people experiencing relationship anxiety, myself included, is don't I need to have certainty that I'm making the right choice and that things are going to work? But we don't have certainty about the future. We can only influence the future with our actions in the present moment. So instead of trying to control the future or have that certainty about the future in order to feel two feet in, we can redirect ourselves back to what's in our control, which is taking present moment actions. So really important piece there. And lastly, being two feet in does not mean that you are always going to be feeling loving, joyful, and happy. And I think that's the most important distinction based on the question that was asked, which was essentially that I find myself feeling one foot out but I'm not sure what to do to feel two feet in. And what I'm trying to argue in this podcast episode is that I don't necessarily think that we should be trying to make being two feet in a feeling only. It's more so a practice and a set of actions. So segueing into what does it mean then to be two feet in? Some ideas from me of what it could mean to be two feet in are being committed to creative solutions in the relationship. So how can we come up with solutions together that make this relationship work best for the both of us and being open to possibilities there not necessarily needing the relationship to look exactly like other people's, not necessarily needing the relationship to be perfect, but being committed to solutions that help the relationship grow, which leads to my My second point, if you feel that growth is important for you or important for a relationship, then being two feet in means being committed to both growing together and growing individually. Now, that doesn't mean that you and your partner are never going to change and that the relationship's always going to stay the same. It's just growing and then being open to solutions if you feel like there are different paths being taken. How can we bring ourselves back together as best as possible while supporting each other's individual growth? And then last piece here about what I think it means to be two feet in is focusing on the things that are in your control, which are your actions and your beliefs. So an example would be instead of focusing what is out of your control, which would be something like, well, I don't know if I love my partner enough right now. It's like you're, you're kind of focused on trying to analyze a feeling and trying to make sense out of if you feel enough love right now. So that is not necessarily something that's fully in your control. Or maybe you're feeling irritated. That's not necessarily fully in your control. But what is in your control is responding to that notion of maybe not feeling the love that you want for your partner or feeling irritated towards your partner. How do you respond to this? That is in your control. So do you shut down and pull away? Or do you use this as a cue to take a loving action towards yourself or towards your partner? And this is 
a practice. This is something that does not happen overnight. In fact, I actually just this week or last week as I was about to record this episode, a really great example of this came up from a Beyond the Doubts member who her old pattern when she started noticing not feeling fully in love or started noticing feeling disconnection or started noticing an anxious response come up, what she did was she tended to isolate or shut down and she tended to then judge the relationship as, oh, well, this must mean I'm not in the right relationship. But what she has now started practicing, and it'll still take more practice for her for this to become second nature, but she now has evidence that when anxious symptoms come up, such as feeling like she's going to cry or a tenseness in her throat or having tingling in her body, she now has evidence that she can take a break, pause, get grounded, remove herself from the situation, and then revisit the situation from a place of more curiosity, more openness, and even reconnect with her partner after that anxious moment so that it doesn't lead to more disconnection or isolation. And so even though your initial pattern right now when you have a moment of anxiety might be to shut down and pull away, it's always possible to use our anxious moments as a cue to practice something different and take a loving action action towards ourself, which can then create a more loving action towards our partner. And I've said this now a few times, but if love is a practice, then this is such a beautiful way to practice loving ourselves and loving somebody else by taking that pause and redirecting and asking the question, what would be a loving action that helps me be more two feet in right now in my relationship? So that leads actually perfectly to the questions that I want to ask you to kind of give yourself some prompts to think about here, which is what are some actions that could help you be more two feet in in your relationship or more all in or more committed or acting in more loving ways? So I wanted to start off by giving a few prompts. Again, these could be journal prompts. These could just be something you answer in your head as you're listening to this. But I want you to start off by trusting yourself. And then I will go on to share some potential examples of ideas from my own life and relationship that could be useful here. But what's really important to me as a coach is to start off by getting you to think about this idea for yourself. So just think about these questions here or take out that journal, pause the recording and ask yourself this, what does being committed to a relationship or to a person mean to me? And what are some small actions I can take towards being committed? So I'll repeat that again. What does being committed to a relationship or a person mean to me? And what are some small actions I can take towards being committed? And I'll just give a little hint here that this is not only, again, based on our feelings, but based on actions. That's why the question focuses on actions specifically, not necessarily being committed to a person, meaning that you feel loving all the time. The second question is similar, but it could spark some different ideas. What does being two feet in to a relationship mean to me? And how could my actions that I take reflect that? So the second question, what does being two feet in mean to me in a relationship? And how can my actions reflect that? And then last question here, or last set of questions, what are some potential actions that would contribute to a great relationship that I feel proud of? Which of these actions are in my control? How can I begin taking daily actions to nurture my relationship? All right, so 
that last set of questions again. What are some potential actions that would contribute to a great relationship I feel proud of? Which ones are in my control? How can I begin taking daily actions to nurture my relationship? So spend a little bit of time, maybe even rewind this piece of the episode and listen to those questions again and see what comes up for you before you move on to this next section, because I want you to get in the practice of starting to answer these questions and really trust yourself and trust the answers that come up for you. But that said, I will end with some examples of ideas from my own life with the caveat that not all of these may be exactly relevant for you and your relationship. So take what works for you as inspiration and leave the rest. Some examples of ways that I take action to being two feet into my relationship, to being dedicated and making the decision to show up and love Nate every day is verbal affirmation towards Nate that I appreciate him, acts of service. So that is Nate's love language for sure, making um, a cup of coffee for him, even if I could be doing my own routine, like making sure that if the coffee pot is filled and he ran out, you know, asking him if he'd like another cup of coffee, something like that physical affection. So cuddles, hugs, kisses, even if I don't always feel like it. So there are some nights maybe where Nate is reaching out in the evening to snuggle and I'm kind of maybe tired or don't feel like it. But even if initially I'm like, "Mm, I don't feel like it, then I usually still make an intentional effort to turn around, face him for a couple of moments um, and just say something nice before bed, give him a good night kiss, things like that. You know, there are times as well where maybe he's not feeling super affectionate towards me either in the morning or at night. And it's not to say that this has to happen every single day, right? But these are just some examples that the more they're put into practice, the more you might feel like you are being committed to this relationship in person. A great example of this would be, you know, greeting each other when you come home for the day or saying bye when you've leave or when you're leaving. You know, it's it's such a simple thing, but I think the difference between just coming home, putting your stuff down, you know, like going doing your own thing versus hi, nice to see you, you know, those little moments can add up and make a difference. Making time for relationship check-ins or proactive communication. So that is a specific action. Like if something's on your mind or heart, bringing that to the relationship or saying, hey, can we spend some time chatting about you know, how things are going or maybe just checking in on the roles and responsibilities that we have in the house, whatever it is. But that's a physical action, sitting down to have a conversation. Planning an activity together or doing an activity together. Doing a chore around the house from a place of love, not resentment. Saying thank you. So these are tangible actions that can be taken. And of course, like doing it once doesn't necessarily make or break a relationship, but you know, the more that we can add these things consistently into our routine, the more we may not only feel proud of ourselves for showing up in that way, but the more that we are showing ourselves through our actions, through our habits, through our practices, that we are committed and we are showing up to help nurture and grow this relationship. So now I just want to ask you, what are your list? Uh, what items are on your list of ways that you can show up and take actions that are helping you feel to two feet in in your relationship or helping you know that you are going to show up from that two feet in way. 
I'd love to hear what comes up for you as you listen to this episode. Send me a DM on Instagram at you love and you learn. And don't forget that we are now enrolling for the October cohort of Beyond the Doubts group coaching. So if the information in this podcast is clicking with you, if the information in my other episodes is clicking with you, and you really want to understand how to go from just listening and learning this information to really implementing it in your own life and relationship, then I would love to have you in the group. Me and the other women in the group cannot wait to meet you. And thank you again so much for listening. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Love and You Learn podcast. If you've been enjoying the podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could rate and review the podcast because the more ratings and reviews there are, the more people that can hear this message. And it's really important to me to get this message out to the world and to create a space where people can learn about love and relationships in a way that is not judgmental, in a way that helps them expand their perspective from the cultural narratives that we've heard and seen in the movies and in Hollywood and the media. And the more ratings and reviews that are there, the more people that can hear this message. So thank you again so much. It really means the world to me that you are listening and see you in the next episode.